What's going on, guys? Welcome back into another episode of Play by Play with JJ. My name is Jason Joseph. This is another podcast. We're talking about the Sixers tonight. Before we get into things, obviously, I have to mention that if you're new to my channel, we covered the Sixers, we covered the Flyers, we covered the Phillies, and we also covered the Patriots on here as well. Uh, we do play by play during uh, live casts, and uh, we also do post game shows as well. And and uh, other types of podcasts. So if you if you enjoy any of these things, well, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell icon to head on over to my YouTube page. Follow me on all the social medias that are listed down below. And uh, with that being said, enjoy the show. So Sixers fans, okay, I wanted to come on here because. I know that I didn't really get to talk about this yesterday and yesterday, obviously, you know, we had a game and I really just wanted to come on, you know, the post game show and just talk about the game itself. But man, today's a new day. <laughs> Today is a new day because the Sixers got Dwayne Dedman. They picked up Dwayne Dedman. I didn't even know he was still in the league. I had no idea that he was still even in the league. And he's going to be the backup center? Potentially? Over Paul Reed? Really? He's basically a Montrez Harrell. A Dwight Howard 2.0. And here comes another excuse. Another excuse for Doc Rivers to not play Paul Reed because he's going for the veterans and he's playing those guys. I'm actually starting to question the president of basketball operations operator. Daryl Morey, man, what are you doing? Why him? Why not even go after Andre Drummond? Read the other night. He had two steals. He had two blocks. He had five rebounds. When you're playing against the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics, you need athletic guys that are young, that can rebound, that have that show a lot of athleticism. Those are the types of guys you need to go for. So why are we going after a 33-year-old Dwayne Dedman who's le averaging less than five rebounds per game? It doesn't make sense. I'm a big person when it comes to plus minuses. And let me just read you guys his plus minuses over the last six games. Okay. Game number one. This was back on December 17th. He was minus 19 when Miami played against the San Antonio Spurs. How are you minus 19 in the Spurs? I don't know. Okay. He was plus four against the Chicago Bulls. Nine minutes. Okay. He had four rebounds, only had three points. The game after that, on January 4th, he was minus three. Had no points, one block, three turnovers, 
in six and a half minutes. The game after that, he was minus nine. Two turnovers again in 10 minutes. Minus three the game after that. And only had two points. Now, granted, that was only five minutes. But then he goes from, from that to minus eight? This is your backup center? If you're going to play him over Paul Reed, oh my goodness, man. I don't know what to say. It's frustrating. Because the main thing that the Sixers have to do right now is give Joel help. And if you're going to get a center who is not so athletic, that could potentially be worse than what Montrez Harrell is, and yet you have to get by when Joel's not out there, you're putting the team in a position to fail. And I'm looking at Daryl Morey now. I literally have all eyes on Daryl. Because now I'm saying to myself, well, yes, you got James Harden, and I would never, ever, ever trade away that trade. I would never put that trade away because that was an incredible trade. You had to get rid of Ben Simmons. He wasn't going to play. You had to do it. I know some people would have still liked Tyrese Halliburton. James Harden is a phenomenal facilitator. Did you give up too much? Maybe you did. I don't know. I still don't think so. Looking back on it, maybe. I don't know. But then you go out and you get Daniel House Jr. You get P.J. Tucker for $39 million on a three-year deal as a starter? Man, some of these moves, man, I, I, I just, I, I, I question myself. I truly do. And now you're basically giving Doc another guy that is going to probably play more minutes than Paul Reed does. Why? I'm not telling you that Paul Reed is perfect. He's not. But he's better than anybody else that this team has as a backup center. And it does matter. It does matter. For those people that say that, oh, getting a backup center, you know, is just a backup center. It doesn't really matter like in the playoffs. It does. It totally does. Because when you're going to those eight-man rotations in the playoffs, okay, how many times did we see Mike Scott as the backup center or Greg Monroe or even, you know, guys like, um, uh, uh, why am I blanking out on his name? Um, oh, my gosh, I'm blanking out on his name, really. Al Horford. like. These guys were just not so athletic, and they couldn't stay. They couldn't stay on, like, the top-tier centers. And you have to give him help, like, when he's resting. If your team is up by 15 points and Joel goes out, and now all of a sudden he comes back in and it's a, a two-point game? Really? That's what you're going to do for him? Joel said during the offseason that he wants dogs. Go get him some dogs. DeAnthony Melton is a dog. You got him. But a backup center is huge, man. And the fact that you got Dwayne Dedman, a guy who's averaging less than five rebounds per game, 
a guy who's literally shooting 29% from the field? <laughs> got to be kidding me, Daryl. You, you've got to be kidding me. This team is good when they put it all together. But they're just missing some guys. And the fact that that, that they just got the seven-foot guy. I don't know how you're seven feet tall and you're averaging less than, like, four rebounds per game. <laughs> how does that happen? It's just so mind-boggling to me that Daryl is actually... I'm actually putting him on the hot seat now. I never thought I would have done that. But he has made some questionable decisions that I just I I just I don't understand the philosophy behind them. If somebody could help explain it to me, like by all means go right ahead, comment on here, let me know, you know, try to explain it to me. But we need a backup center. Somebody that's athletic. Why don't you go after Drummond? Why don't you go after somebody that can actually rebound and somebody that can actually, you know, stay on def- uh, on players defensively like Giannis or like Nikola Jokic or like any of those top centers when Embiid's not there because that matters. I don't get that philosophy. And the other thing I want to say before I open it up to you guys is that, man, was it frustrating to see Matisse Thibel hit four threes last night. While I didn't agree that Doc shouldn't have, like, that, that he should have played him more, at the same time, this dude from three was an awful three-point shooter. And in this first game, how ironic is it that he gets played more minutes, and he actually knocks down threes. He goes four for six from downtown and finishes the game with 14 points. He was also really good defensively. It just seems like everybody that leaves Philly, and I know it's just one game. I, I totally get that. It seems that everybody that leaves Philly, you look at Isaiah Joe, this dude's leading the league in three-point shooting percentage. You can't make this up. Charles Bassey's doing really well with the Spurs. Why? If Matisse actually starts to do really well in Portland, I'm going to be so angry. I wasn't always like a huge fan of Matisse Thibel, but I do think that he should have gotten played more minutes and Doc... Put him in jail. For some reason, I don't understand why. There was a game. I forget when it was. It was probably against the Orlando Magic. Now that I think about it, it was. Where I'm saying to myself, okay, why don't we try to guard the perimeter a little bit more? And if, actually, wait, no, it was it was against the Celtics. That's what it was. It was against the Boston Celtics. Okay, if these guys, like Malcolm Brogdon, Okay, if guys like Blake Griffin and um and some of these other guys that are stepping up like Derek White, 
and, and are in these roles, if they're shooting threes and if they're cashing them in, why don't you have your best perimeter defensive player out there? And that's Matisse Thibault. Why is he not playing? Because apparently that would make an impact. Doc has really frustrated me this season. And obviously when I'm doing live casts and all that sort of stuff, I don't want to talk about that because I want to talk about what's going on during the game. Like a play-by-play announcer. Because that's because that's truly like what I want to do. Okay, if I was doing just like watch parties, I'm sure that like I would be commenting more about that. But that's why I do the post-game shows. That's why I do these podcasts. Because that's the time. That's the time to ramble and to talk about those types of things. I might like put, you know, sneak it in there a little bit, but I'm not like going to show emotion, you know, and I'm not going to like go all out on Doc Rivers or like what I didn't see from the team that night from PJ Tucker and from Tobias Harris and give credit where credit's due with guys like Joel Embiid or Tyrese Maxey if they have a really, really good game. But I bring that up because this is why we do these things because. This is the time and this is the space to really just critique this team because we just want them to get over that hump. How many times have I slammed the table on here saying that I just want this team to get out of the second round? That's all I want. And with the way that I see the roster right now, it just doesn't look like to me that they're even going to get out of the second round. They could prove me wrong. Obviously, they still have time to get maybe Seth Curry in the buyout market. Okay, great. Like, you got a shooter. That's awesome. But I swear, if Dwayne Dedman, <laughs> if he gets minutes over Paul Reed, I... I'm going to be irate. I'm going to be so frustrated. And I like Dwayne Dedman. He's a good guy. He's a good player. This has nothing to do with him as a person. Same thing with Montrez Harrell. I love Montrez Harrell. It's just the fit with how this team is constructed and what this head coach, what his tendencies are. I'm going to say this right now, and I might get called out by Philadelphia fans here. But he, to me, and I'm not even like a, a, a true Eagles fan because obviously I do Patriots stuff, but Doc Rivers is Jonathan Gannon 2.0. Stubborn, stuck in his own ways, and when you think he's making adjustments, he just goes back and tricks everybody. And he just goes back to his own ways. Doc Rivers is Jonathan Gannon 2.0. I hate to break it to you. It's the truth. But yeah, how about that? Dwayne Dedman. I can't believe it. Whew. Alrighty. Well, um, I'm going to display some comments over here. If you guys have anything to say about this, if you have anything to, if you have anything that you just like want to bring up about this team, whether it's about the Dwayne Dedman signing, whether it's about Matisse Stiebel, 
you know, going Steph Curry on uh, the with the Portland Trailblazers in his debut. Just comment over here. Let me know what you guys think. And, uh, you know, I'd love to read them out loud and give you guys a shout out. I will also say that I just find it so funny that, like, I haven't heard anything from Furcon. <laughs> I haven't heard nothing from Furcon Korkmaz as of lately. To be honest with you, and maybe this is another controversial statement, I take Furkan Korkmaz as a backup over Dwayne Dedman. Maybe that's a controversial statement, but and maybe I'm just like in the thick of things right now. But signing Dedman is just not what the team needs. There was a reason why he was let go by the Miami Heat. And that's just because he's not a good rebounder. He can't box guys out. And he can't stay on his defenders. This isn't like, you know, from 2010, like where you had a lot of centers. And those is respect to those guys because those guys were so dominant. But with how many players are taking threes nowadays, Centers have to do a good job at guarding the perimeter, and he just does not do a good job at that. We have to find a happy medium of a backup center who is athletic, that can compete with Giannis, that can compete with all these top-tier guys when Joel's not there, because if if I see, like in the playoffs, that somebody's minus 26, okay, if the team is like minus 26 when Joel's not out there, I I I'm just gonna be irate and and I I wouldn't be surprised if Joel just says you know what I'm out. I wouldn't be surprised because they need the right pieces around Joel. And I'm also starting to see why Daryl Morey failed in Houston. I'm starting to see that. I'm starting to see his true colors. And I, and I hate being this way. I truly do. He's made some incredible moves. But when you get Dwayne Dedman, and you know that Paul Reed is a better player than he is, and Montrezl Harrell's still on the team, you're putting them in the position to fail. It's not even like you went after Andre Drummond. You went after Dwayne Dedman. Is there anything else I even have to say? I don't even know. Probably not. Curious to see how this team does tomorrow. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of questions as to if Dwayne's going to even play tomorrow and if Paul Reed is even going to be the backup and all that sort of stuff. Isn't it kind of funny how Montrezl Harrell actually went out there like during the last three minutes and actually played with Paul Reed? I don't think anybody's been talking about that. I'm curious as to why Doc actually did that. Is Maybe I'm going in too deep again whatsoever, but you have two big guys that are out there that are competing for 
quote unquote competing for a backup center position for this team. And you just play them both at the same time. This is the same guy that won head coach of the month a month ago. This dude is just stubborn. And the fact that he ended up winning head coach of the month, it really does just go to show me how much the NBA national media actually watches the Sixers. There have been a lot of times where this guy has just not made the right play calls. His rotations and his fuel for the game just don't align. I'll I'll go and I'll see sometimes if they have to make a play, like during the guts of the game, there are guys that just like look confused. They don't get to their spots. That's not on the players. That's on the coach. That's on the coaching staff. And the head coach deserves a lot of the blame for that. I will, I will obviously go to the players if I don't see something. But eyes are on the head coach too. And I've always believed that the head coach doesn't deserve to have like a whole lot of stock into like when you look at a pie chart and you break down an NBA game, like as to like what went well, like what what didn't go so well. Okay, the head coach doesn't really have as big of a role as the players do, obviously. But it just seems like that when there's a close game going on or like if Joel steps off the court and they're up by 15 points. And now all of a sudden it's like a a four-point lead or like they're down all of a sudden. I do look at the head coach because why is Joel sitting out six minutes at a time? Why don't you have shooters out there if you need to get offense? If you need to get stops on defense, why don't you have Matisse Well, even though he's gone now? But, like, you get what I'm saying. Like, if you have to stop the bleeding on defense – Make those adjustments. At least go down swinging. If you're going to go down, you got to go down swinging. That's like one of my favorite quotes. I don't even know who said that. I probably should know. Maybe it's from the Sandlot. I don't think so. I would know because the Sandlot's like one of my favorite movies. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, no, we got another game tomorrow. Excited about it, and uh, hopefully I don't really get to see a whole lot of Dwayne Dedman. And if he's out there, look, I, I really hope he does well. Obviously, that's all you can hope for. You just got to hope that he does well. But there was no point as to picking them up. It's a waste of a roster spot. And that's how I truly feel. So with that, we're going to wrap things up here. My name is Jason Joseph. This is Play by Play with JJ. I want to just let you all know that if you are new to my channel, um, you know, we're on the road to 100 subs. And, uh, you know, I'd really appreciate it. If you do enjoy my content, that is, or if you want to just hear me do tomorrow night's game and you're interested in listening to me a little bit more and you're curious, you know, keep coming back on here. Make sure you like, make sure you comment down below and uh, subscribe to my channel. And, uh, yeah, man, that's going to wrap things up. And I will catch you all tomorrow night for another Sixers game. Let's go Sixers.